welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. If you were here last week, I uh, trust you enjoyed the message, hopefully. Uh, we, we spoke about possessing our inheritance, didn't we? So that uh, how to do that, that God has a, a spiritual inheritance for everyone, just like the Israelites as they crossed over and possessed their, their promised land. God has a land of promises for our life this year, amen? amen? And so we spoke last week about how to possess that. And who knows that as the Israelites, as they crossed over and as they possessed their promised land, uh, who knows that they faced a lot of adversity. That once they were in the land, took possession of it, their enemies weren't happy. There were seven nations that were uh, physically greater than them. So there were seven nations that, that were more powerful in the natural. And, uh, and so the, the enemy wasn't happy. So even though they grabbed a hold of their promises, they still had to learn to deal with adversity in their life. And just like the Israelites, uh, we have to learn to do the same thing. Amen. We have to learn to deal with adversity. And so uh, this message today flows on well from last week because uh, we have to learn to handle uh, adversity from the enemy, don't we? As you occupy God's promises for your life this year, you have to learn to be able to overcome. Uh, adversity, it's a product of the world we live in. We live in a, a world that's being redeemed by the Father. Amen. And, uh, and we, so we live in this imperfect world where we have an adversary. Do we not? And so we have to deal with problems. You have to deal with challenges this year. There's things you're going to have to learn to overcome. Uh, James says, in, uh, in James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, they shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So those who love him uh, means those who are in relationship with him. God has a crown of life for you. Amen? Amen? When you deal with adversity well, this tells me when you partner with God in adversity, he has a crown of life for us to receive. So that crown of life, uh, if you think when Jesus went to the cross, he had a crown of thorns, right? And so he, he took this crown of thorns on his head, and it was a picture of man's cursed mindset, of Adam's cursed mindset, living without God, living separate from God's mind and how to function. And, uh, and Jesus, he took that to the grave, he rose again, and he gave us the ability to have a renewed mind. He gave us the ability to have the mind of Christ so that you could be connected to God's, uh, to God's thinking, you could be connected to God's wisdom. So it looks like that the crown of life, it looks like ruling and reigning in life. It looks like living, being able to access God's blessing and prosperity for you this year. That is, that's the crown of life. So we want that. When we deal with adversity well, when we do it effectively, we come out with the crown of life. Uh, so we're going to look at James chapter 1 today. I like the book of James, uh, the New Testament book of wisdom, they call it. James chapter 1, because James is talking to a people who are, if you've ever uh, read the, the context of, of this book, he's talking to people who are facing a lot of adversity. Uh, they're dealing with persecution, but they're dealing with health problems, they're dealing with financial struggles, and they're dealing with spiritual oppression, so oppression from the enemy. Uh, a lot of what we can face today, a lot of what you may be facing right now, financial struggles, health problems, oppression from the enemy, it's a lot of the adversity we can face in this world. 
And so I believe that uh, as, as we unpack this, there will be some great keys, some great wisdom for you on how to deal with adversity well in your life as you're occupying God's promises so that you can come out with a crown of life. Is that good? Are we happy with that? Great. So we're in chapter 1. You can follow on through your Bibles or it should come up on the screen. Uh, welcome to those also if you're listening on live stream or on YouTube during the week. It's great to have you listening in. James, in verse 1. A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So the 12 tribes, that's representative of God's people. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting perspective. Consider it pure joy whenever you're facing this adversity. Uh, it's interesting that that word is such a, a rich word, that word consider. James first says you're facing all this adversity and you have to consider. Uh, that word is the Greek word hegesadste. And it means to, uh, to think like one who governs and rules. So you are to think like one this year who governs and rules. Really, you're meant to think like a king. That's the context of the word. You're meant to think like a king. How do kings think? They're, they're, they're ruling over a nation. They're ruling over their lives. They're, they're prepared, aren't they? Kings are always thinking about what's going on in my land. What's going on outside of my land? What, what, what's, what are all the other nations doing? Is there adversity coming along? What's happening? What problems? What challenges may I face? See, this is about, uh, it's about thinking like a king. And this tells me, uh, just from this word, we can see our first point is that for you to deal effectively with adversity this year, you have to be prepared. Be prepared. Think like a king. Be prepared. Think, okay, I'm occupying my land. I'm going to occupy the promises God has for me this year. I have to be prepared that I may face some adversity. See, it would have been foolish for Joshua. Think of Joshua going to the promised land, occupying the land of Canaan. It would have been foolish for him to think that, all right, now I've got this land, it's just going to be easy. Now I've got the land, there's going to be no resistance from the enemy. I'm leading this nation. I'm not going to have to worry about problems or, or challenges in, in, in my people, in the way I lead. I'm not going to have to worry about anything. No, no, no. Joshua, he, he would have been thinking, he would have been prepared. His armies would have been prepared for battle. See, many believers, they, they live this life where they're completely unaware that we are in a spiritual war. Now, we have all authority over the work of the enemy, but see, Paul says not to be unaware of his schemes. So this is about being aware that we, we are in spiritual warfare and that it's a spiritual battle, but you have to understand that we need to think like kings and be aware that there is an adversary, 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 thank you, uh, adversary, and we have to be aware of his schemes. He doesn't want you in the land. He doesn't want you in the land. Uh, Jesus said, he was praying to the Father because uh, he, he's about to uh, go to the cross. He'll be drawn away from his disciples. And he, he's praying to the Father. And this is interesting because he knows that his disciples are going to go through all this major adversity. And he prays to God. I love this prayer because he says, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world. Interesting, isn't it? We often think, God, take me out of this. You know, why do I have to face this? But Jesus says, 
Father, I, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. So there's protection from God, but he knows that we will go through adversity. Amen. But once we partner with him, that he, he leads us through it. And James, he, he gives us a few, uh, a little point here to show us how to, how to deal with that, how to be prepared, how to think like a king. Because he says this interesting thing, consider it, think of it as joyfully. Think of it as joy when adversity comes. It's an interesting statement. Think of it as joy. When all this adversity is coming at you, all these challenges and problems, be happy about it. Uh, now, he's not talking, he's not saying be happy about this challenge you're facing. He's not saying, oh, yes, let's, let's be glad that we're facing this major challenge in our life this year. Let's be glad that, that we're facing this relational issue or, or that you're facing uh, a financial problem. No, he's not saying that. The, the word is the Greek word kara, and it means to delight in response to God's grace. Delight in response to God's grace. Do you get that? So when you're facing the problem, whatever problem you may be facing right now, whatever, adver- whatever adversity, whatever you may be facing, you don't delight in the problem. You delight in God's grace because He's given you the ability to overcome. Amen? You delight in His grace because He's equipped you to overcome the problem. So the adversity comes and you say, God, I can be happy because I know that your grace is sufficient for me to overcome this issue that I'm facing. Come on now, that should make some people happy. Jesus, he says in in John chapter 16, verse 33, uh, in this world, you will face trouble. You will face adversity. You will face trials. You face challenges. But be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Don't be happy about the problem, but be of good cheer because the spirit of the overcomer lives in you. Amen. That tells me that no problem can ever overcome you or me. We overcome the problem. Is that good? And so James, that's the first point. James says, you're facing all this adversity, he says to the people. You have to consider. You have to be prepared. Think like a king and you can delight in God's grace. Uh, And he says that to us today. Be prepared for adversity this year, but know that God's grace has equipped you to overcome it. Verse 3 now. Know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's a good place to be, mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James now says, be prepared. And then he says, the adversity that you're facing, the adversity you're going to face, it's going to test your faith. Who knows that challenges, problems in this world test our faith? But the testing of your faith is meant to produce something. It's meant to produce something within you. It's meant to lead to a maturity, a completeness within you, so that you don't lack. That looks like a spiritual maturity as a son or daughter of God. See, the enemy, he brings adversary, adversity along, and he wants, to, he wants to downgrade you. He wants to make you, make you feel like, well, I can't get, get through this. God, where are you? All these things... He wants to pull you away from God during adversity. But this tells me that when you partner with God, there's a maturity, there's a completeness that comes within you. Peter, in Peter says a similar thing in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. He says, the, the testing, adversity comes to prove the genuineness of your faith, that, may, that it may result 
in praise, honour and glory when Christ is revealed. Interesting, isn't it? Adversity comes, it tests your faith, but it should result in Christ being revealed. Now, that's not, he's not talking about a physical appearance. That's about Christ being revealed within you. Hello? So when adversity comes, it should actually reveal Christ within you. When your faith gets tested, when, see, when, believers, when we get squeezed by the resistance of life, when it comes against us, it should actually push something out. And that should push out Christ within you. Come on, it's, it's amazing how often you look at uh, good people, Christians, people who believe in God, and a test, a trial comes, and everything but Jesus is squeezed out. Everything but Jesus. You know, you can squeeze out anger, bitterness, fear, worry, anxiety. But see, this scripture tells me that, that when my faith is tested, it's actually an opportunity for Jesus to be revealed in, in me, for his resurrection power to come out of me so that I mature as a son or daughter of God. I learn to live more like Christ in the face of adversity. But we have to partner with him to do that, don't we? We have to partner with him uh, uh, to, for Christ to be revealed when our faith is tested. And, and this is the, the second point, because James says we need to persevere. Perseverance in the face of adversity. This is not a, it's not a, uh, a struggling, a striving. It's not like, oh, I've just got to... I've just got to get through this. I've just got to get through this challenge. No, it's not about that. Perseverance comes from the Greek word hupomone. It means, literally means to remain in faith. Remain in faith in the face of adversity. So you're facing an issue. You're facing a challenge. Your, your faith is being tested. And the test is, will you remain in faith? Will you keep believing God when you've got this problem, this financial struggle? Will you keep believing God that, you are, that you're rich, that you're a child of God? Will you remain in faith? See, Paul, uh, Paul said to Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, he goes, fight, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith, okay? So think about this. The enemy, when you're facing adversity, he comes along and he, his, his goal is to actually pull you out of faith. His goal is to get you thinking naturally in the carnal mindset. His goal is to get you into hopelessness. But Paul says, you've got to win this fight. This is actually, it's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. We don't, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And so it's actually about remaining in faith. In the, it, see, when you, the point is, is that when you, you have to remain in faith because that's what allows you to access God's provision for your life. It's all by faith. So the fight isn't a physical fight. It's actually remaining in faith, persevering when adversity comes. Um, we look at Jesus with his disciples again, and he says, uh, he's praying for them, and, and, uh, and I love this. He comes to Peter, and he goes, Peter, he goes, Simon, Simon, which we know means read, so shaky. And he goes, Simon, Simon, Satan has looked to sift you all like wheat. In other words, Jesus knows that this adversity is coming in their lives and, and the devil's goal is to sift them like wheat, is to, is to get them shaken, get them separate, separate away from God. But Jesus then says, but I've prayed for you. Amen? Thank you that Jesus prays for us. How good is that? But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail you. You get that? That your faith may endure, that you may remain in faith during this adversity 
and that he says, you'll come out and strengthen your brothers. So that tells me that when I remain in faith during adversity, I actually come out with an upgrade. Christ is revealed in me. I learn how to access his provision. His power comes out and it helps me to strengthen others. Amen? Helps you to strengthen others. That also tells me, because I've seen Romans 8, it says that Jesus is interceding in heaven on our behalf. He's praying for us. And I believe a part of that is he's praying that, that the church, that his church, his people will remain in faith. That even what it looks like around in your world, in our whole world today, that we would remain in faith. God has faith in what he's placed in you. Thank you, Jesus. He has, play, he has faith in what he's actually placed within you because he's praying for you. He's saying, you can do it. You can remain in faith. You can endure. Is that good? Uh, I, uh, I like my fishing. I want to give a, a practical example for you here. I like my fishing uh, like, a, like a good male should. And uh, we went fishing. Uh, oh, we, didn't, we didn't go fishing. The goal of my holiday was to go fishing. But the Beck's goal was to relax, obviously. Uh, but we went uh, up to Tamboon Inlet a couple of years ago. And if you know that area, it's just below Marimbula, below Malakuta. And we went up there. And uh, I did some research. I was, I was very excited. And I'm, th- I'm like, this is a, going to be a great, it's, one of the, it's a really good fishing spot. One of the best fishing spots in Australia, I found out. And so, of course, I'm going to go there and catch fish, right? And so we get there, we're camping. And the first day I go fishing and I catch nothing, caught nothing. I'm like, well, that's okay. Often, you know, it takes a day or two to, to find out the locations where the fish are, you know, what, what to use. Second day I went fishing, caught nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a test now, right? This is a test. Am I going to keep fishing? Am I going to persevere? The third day, I caught nothing. And, and by that time, Beck is, Beck's getting angry with me because I'm going out fishing all the time. And, uh, and, and any sane person on the fourth day probably would have said, all right, I'll just relax and enjoy my holiday. But no, I got up early on the fourth day and I went fishing. I went fishing again. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to remain in faith here. Uh, I know that God has some fish for me to catch. He has some provision for me. I'm going to eat it tonight. And, uh, and we went fishing that day, caught absolutely nothing. And I was just thinking, oh, goodness, I'm either a really bad fisherman or there's no fish. Uh, take your pick. Uh, went, the fifth, and went the fifth day. Of course I went the fifth day. And we did, I did catch something the fifth day. Uh, that was good. I ended up, it was a, about a, a week holiday, seven-day holiday. I ended up catching a few fish. I did catch fish. Thank you, God. I accessed the provision. Amen? Uh, Be- Beck still looks back on that holiday and says, I wasted the whole holiday fishing. But uh, any male will know it's not a waste. No way. When you go, you go fishing, you commit. But uh, the whole point of that is, uh, it, it, maybe it's a bad illustration. But uh, it brought out the inner fisherman within me, right? It took a bit of perseverance. It took a little bit of, uh, it took a little bit of you know, I had to remain in faith. But I knew the fish were there. And as I did, so I could go back to that place and I could tell you where the fish are, probably. I could go back there and I could be like, that's where the provision is. See, the whole point, the whole point of that is that when we remain in faith, when you remain in faith, you actually learn something. You actually mature. When you face adversity in any area of your life, whether it's relationship issues, 
whether it's uh, to do with your finances, whether it's to do with your health. Whenever you face adversity, if you actually remain in faith, you'll learn how to access God's provision. Come on now. Jesus will be revealed within you. It's like you'll get squeezed. Jesus will pop out. His power, His ability will come out of you. And and you'll, you'll get an upgrade, He says. Amen. We come out mature and complete. And that's the second point, is that we persevere. We remain in faith, and, uh, and we do access God's provision. We're into verse 5 now. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, James now says, when you're facing this adversity, uh, you, you can ask God. You come to God, ask Him, and He'll give you wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to think like God. Who knows we need that? We need wisdom. When you're facing a problem, a challenge, you need, you need wisdom. You need to be able to think like God during it. But, but this tells me something because James says, ask. You're facing this adversity. Interact with God. Go ask Him. Talk to Him. And that's the third point is that when you face adversity, pray. Go pray. So we are prepared. Then we persevere and then pray. Prayer is our interaction with God. Prayer is literally talking to God. It's interaction interacting uh, with him. So uh, James says, if you ask, he's going to give you something. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to all, come all who are burdened, all you who are weary, come to me and I will give, I will give you rest. Do we get that? So you're tired, you're facing adversity, whatever challenge it is in your life, and you come to God in prayer, you interact with Him, and He will give you something. There's an exchange. That tells me there is an exchange that's meant to take place. That He's meant to give us something. So, uh, so we go, uh, maybe uh, the Bible says he gives, us oil, he gives us the oil of joy for mourning. So you're in mourning, you come to God, let there be an exchange, talk to Him, and He'll give you joy. He'll take away that mourning, He'll give you joy. He gives us beauty. For ashes. So we come to God. I love this scripture. I absolutely love it because this tells me that I can come to God exactly as I am. I can come to Him in the face of adversity, in the face of my biggest challenge, my biggest trial. I can come to the Father exactly as I am. This doesn't tell me that I have to be perfect, that I have to be completely believing God for everything. This doesn't tell me that I have to get myself right, clean up my act, and then come to God. No, I come to Him as I am. You can come to God in unbelief. You can come to God in, in worry. You can come to God in anxiety. Just don't stay that way. That's what this scripture tells me. Let there be an exchange. Just don't stay that way. So you come to God and you're worrying or you're anxious or you're fearful and you talk to Him and you ask, God, give me courage. God, give me strength. Give me rest. And you come out differently. I can guarantee you when you let there be an exchange, if you're stuck in, in, in fear, you will come out in courage. You'll come out differently. 
Come on now, this should get some people excited because there's some people, we, we face trials and challenges, you're struggling, you're weary, you're worn out. Get to God, let there be an exchange and come out differently. Uh, I've had times in my life where, where I get frustrated. Uh, you know, you, you're facing something and it's just, it, it's just not changing. And you get frustrated in life. You're like, God, why, why isn't anything happening? And I remember I went to, uh, I went to pray. Um, I have a great spot to pray up in our back paddock. And I uh, went up there and I was praying. And I'm like, man, this, this is a good prayer. You ever have those prayers? You're like, this is, re- oh, this is good. I mean, you must be enjoying this prayer, God. And, uh, and I think like that. I don't know if you do. <laughs> but uh, I, I, come de- I, I came out of it. And I realized that once I, I came, once I finished praying, I'm like, that was really good, and, but I was still frustrated. I thought about the problem, and I'm like, hang on, I'm still really frustrated about this. There was no exchange that took place. And I realized, if there's no exchange, here's a tip, if there's no exchange that takes place, you probably haven't uh, prayed, you probably haven't interacted with God, you've probably complained. We do that. And that's what I was doing. I thought it was a good prayer. I was like, this has to move. God, do this. God, you know, do this. Why, why is this happening? I want you to do this. God, why, do I have, why, is I'm, why am I going through this? I want you to change this. You go do this. And, and it was all just me talking. There's no interaction when you complain to God. There's absolutely no interaction. And you can't come out changed then. If there's no interaction, there's no exchange. You can't come out changed. And so, obviously, I thought uh, after a couple of times, I learned my lesson. And I went back and actually talked, actually interacted. But you're in a relationship with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit today. Amen? There's meant to be interaction. If you go to someone, one of your friends, and you just complain to them, they can't give you anything. And God has a lot to give you when you face adversity. He has a lot. He wants to give. He's a good Father. Amen? Amen. And James, he says some things in this to help us out with that, which is good. Because he says... You should ask God. Uh, ask God. So there's some questions. Some of you are facing adversity today. For, for those who have faced adversity this year, there are some questions that you need to ask God, right? What I see through Scripture, and this is just my personal belief, but this is what I, I, I get from Scripture. One of the major questions to ask Him is, God, what part of your nature are you revealing to me during this time? God, who do you want to be to me in this time? Because we see that throughout Israel's history. You see that in their time, that they would face a challenge, they would face adversity, and God would reveal himself to them. He would reveal himself either as their healer. He would reveal himself as Jehovah Jireh, their provider. He would reveal himself to them as their warrior. So it was in the face of their adversity that God would reveal something fresh to them. He would reveal something new to them about himself. And so that's the first question. We ask God, God, who do you want to be to me during this time? The second question is, God, what are you revealing in me? What, what are you revealing in me? What is, there, is there something in me that has to be changed? If Christ isn't being revealed within me, if, if, Christ, if I'm getting squeezed in adversity and Christ isn't coming out, then maybe something needs to change within me. So God, what are you revealing within me? Are you showing me that the measure of faith that you've placed this great faith in me? Are you showing me that I'm an overcomer? Whatever it is, but he wants to reveal something within you too. Amen? So God, who are you to me? God, 
what are, you, what, what, are you, what are you revealing within me? And then the last question is, God, show me what's going on around me spiritually. Show me what's happening spiritually. There's no point looking in the natural. You need, you need wisdom, or you need wisdom to, to see in the spirit and see what's going on around you. They're the three questions, which I thought would help some people because uh, that's just what I've learned and what I see in Scripture. Um, the wrong questions to ask are things like uh, the complaining ones. God, why are you doing this? Oh, we, and he's not doing it, by the way, but we can ask those questions. God, why is this happening? What's going on here? Change this, all this stuff. Uh, it, it doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is, like I said before, it's not an interaction. It ain't, it's not an interaction. It's just you talking to God. There can be no exchange in that. Uh, and then James says, you need to expect, uh, you need to believe, don't you? So you need to believe. You come to God and believe you will receive what you ask for. Don't doubt. Don't doubt because uh, then you're like the double-minded person, or that actually means uh, double-hearted, double-souled. And uh, you toss to and fro. You, you can't expect to receive anything from God. So that tells me that uh, when I come to God in prayer, I need to believe that there's going to be an exchange. I need to have faith. I need to come in my position as a son or daughter of God. And I need to believe that God, even though I'm feeling like this, even though I'm seeing this, I believe that there is going to be an exchange. I believe you're going to give me something to overcome this problem. I believe that you're going to release something, a part of your nature. You're going to release something to me. Maybe it's for a challenge with the business. I believe you're going to release a strategy to me for the business. But it's about believing that he's going to give you something. If you come, James says, if you come to God in prayer and you're not believing that there's going to be an exchange, don't expect to receive anything. You're a double-minded, you're double-souled. That means that you're the double-minded person. It means you're up one minute. It means I'm believing God. And then 10 seconds later, you're like, oh, God, it's hopeless. One day, you're like, yes, God, I'm all happy. I, I know you're going to give me a strategy. The next day, you're like, oh, God, it's not here. That's the double-minded person. And so that's where the, the, that second key, perseverance, comes into play, doesn't it? But, uh, but this is what James is saying. To help us interact with God, you have to come in faith that there will be an exchange, and there will. So that was the third point, is that we pray. James says, ask God because he's got something to give you, whether it's wisdom, whether it's uh, a revelation, whatever it is, but he's got something to give you. That's the third point for us. Pray to God. You're in a relationship with him. He wants to help you through adversity this year, and he wants you to come out with that upgrade, with that crown of life, which we have, which he has for us. Verse 9, last point. Believers in humble circumstances, you ought to take pride in your high position. But the rich, you should take pride in your humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its, blossoms and its, its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. It's in the same way the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. That's an interesting one, isn't it? He says people, believers who are in Christ, when you're, you, he's talking about in humble circumstances, means that you've got no physical resources. So in the natural, you're poor. There's no poor believers, amen. But in the natural, they've got no physical resources. Uh, he says you should take pride in your high position, in your heavenly position. That's a, it's taking pride 
in your position in Christ. That's about identity, yeah? And then he says, the rich take pride in your humiliation. Take pride in your humiliation. God's not against the rich. He loves rich people, amen? In fact, God, he wants us to be rich. Uh, This isn't a a scripture against the, the rich. Many people use it like that, but it's totally wrong. Because he's talking, taking pride in your humiliation, it means that the rich are to humble themselves because they are also in Christ. A rich believer is in Christ too, amen? They are in Christ and they are level with the poor person in Christ. So you are all equal in Christ. You're all equal in our position. So the, the one who, who's poor physically, you take pride in your high position. Rich people, humble yourself. Be, take pride in your position as well, but humble yourself because you're all equal. Amen? And this scripture tells me, James puts a smack bang in the middle of them facing adversity. It tells me something. that He's saying, you're facing this challenge. You're facing, uh, you're facing financial struggle. You're facing a health problem. You're facing uh, all this persecution. Uh, he says, you need to boast in your position. Take pride in your position, in who you are in Christ Jesus. Boast in that. Be confident in who you are. Be confident that you're a son or daughter of God. Be confident that whatever adversity you're facing, that the overcomer lives within you and that he's given you the ability to overcome. This is about boasting in your position. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, I think it is. That's a lot of verses. Uh, He says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So thank you, God, because he gives me the victory in Christ Jesus. So Paul understands that God, that it's his position in Christ that gives him the victory. Absolutely nothing else. It's his position in Christ. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory in Christ Jesus. Therefore, stand firm. Let nothing shake you. So he realizes that even though my outer world may be shaking, even though all this chaos may be happening in my life, I have the victory in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I can stand firm in my inner world. My inner world cannot be shaken. I've received an unshakable kingdom. And that means my inner world can't be shaken. Even though all this chaos may be happening around my life, I'm going to boast. I'm going to take pride in my position today. Amen? David, King David says a similar thing. A man who faced a lot of adversity, didn't he? And uh, he, he says something similar because in, in Psalm chapter 84, he says, blessed are those whose strength is in God. So blessed are those who realize that God is their strength. That's us today, that their position is in God. Blessed are those whose strength is in God. They shall go through the valley of Bacar. And in Hebrew, that means it's the valley of weeping, the valley of mourning. So you may be going through the valley of mourning, of weeping today, the valley of your adversity. That's what it is the valley of Bacar. Blessed are those whose strength is in God. They shall go through the valley of Bacar, weeping and mourning, and they shall turn it into a place of springs. Hello. Come on. The, the valley of weeping and mourning, when, you're, when your strength is in God, when you boast in your position, it shall turn that valley into a place of springs. There will be fruitfulness produced from that valley. That tells me in everything I go through, that God can still draw something out of that, that there is fruitfulness. When I boast in my position, 
God can actually bring fruitfulness out of my valley of weeping and mourning. And David says, they will go from strength to strength. You'll go from strength to strength as you take pride, take confidence in who you are. As the Lord is your strength and you go through that valley, you'll go from strength to strength. You turn it into a place of fruitfulness. Amen? He brings the gold out. Uh, we see, you know, David, he's facing Goliath and uh, he doesn't run away. He's not scared. He's saying, he's saying, all this stuff's happening. I love this, this scripture. He says, who are you to defy me? Who are you to defy the armies of the, living, of the living God? I'm representing them, the armies of the living God. Who are you to defy me? He's boasting in his position, taking pride in who he is because he knows it's the fact that he is God's child that gives him that victory. And so he says, who are you? I'm going to overcome you because I'm in Christ Jesus. He's going to pop out of me. His resurrection power will be revealed. And, and this valley that we're stuck in can't progress against the enemy, can't progress against this uh, challenge. We're going to overcome it. It's going to become fruitfulness. It's going to lead to an upgrade. It's going to lead to maturity, completeness. I'm going to receive that crown of life through this adversity. Uh, so you need to look at the challenges you're facing right now. Look at the adversity you're facing this year and you need to stand in the face of that and you need to say, I'm boasting in my position. Who are you to defy me? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I have authority. I, I come just as I am. I have the victory in Christ Jesus. doesn't matter if everything else looks different. I have the victory today. Amen? Boast in your position. This is what James says. That's the fourth point. James says, you're going through all this adversity, but you take pride in your heavenly position. Take pride that you're seated with Christ. Take pride that you're clothed in Him. Take pride in that. Be confident in your position today. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you that, uh, that the crown of life God has promised to us. He's promised to us this crown, the crown of life this year. And as you occupy your land, it's on offer. As, as the enemy, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't like it when we occupy our land and adversity comes, challenge, we face challenges. We all face problems, whether good or bad, things we have to overcome. And, uh, and this tells me when I deal with it well, when you handle it effectively in your life, when you partner with God, you actually overcome, you receive that crown of life. You receive that maturity, that completeness as a son or daughter of God. So it, it, I could imagine your whole perspective may change on adversity when you see it as an opportunity for Jesus to come out of you. When you see it as an opportunity for Christ's power to be revealed. And so we be prepared. We're prepared for adversity. We're, we're, we're not naive. We know that we're in this spiritual battle. And we're prepared that as we are occupying uh, our promised land this year, as like the Israelites, as we are occupying God's uh, inheritance for your life, as you're grabbing a hold of that, there will be adversity. But we think like a king. We're prepared for that. We, we know, we, we, we're aware of what's going on around us and we can delight in God's grace. Amen? Amen. So we be prepared and then we persevere. Remain in faith. Don't let adversity shake your faith. You remain in faith. You, you stay in that, in that place of faith. And even though the adversity may be coming, you're like, no, I'm going to persevere. I know God. His promises are true. I know what He says is true. I know who I am. And so I'm going to remain in faith. And I'm going to stay there because I know that as I do that, Jesus, more of Him 
is going to be revealed in my life. I'm going to mature as a son or daughter of God. Then the, uh, the third point was we pray. Pray, interact with God. Let there be an exchange. Don't complain. Pray. We, we, we interact. Let, let him take your, your morning. Let him take that and give you, he'll give you joy. But exchange with God. Let there be prayer in your life during adversity. And then the last point is that we, are, is we boast in our position. We boast in our position. Be confident in who you are in Jesus today. Be confident that like Paul, you have the victory in Christ Jesus. That it's because of him. It's your position in him. So you can take confidence in that. It's not because of you. It's because you're in Christ today that gives you the victory and you turn that valley of mourning and weeping into a valley of springs. Amen? So Father, we thank you that you have amazing things for every single person this year. And even though we may face challenges, even though like the Israelites as we occupy your promises for every area of our life. Like them, they faced adversity, but they learned how to deal with it. They learned how to overcome. And so even though we may face that, God, we thank you that you've equipped us, you've given us the ability to deal with, to overcome our adversity. So instead of coming out defeated, instead of us coming out and we've been downgraded, we come out with an upgrade. We come out with a greater revelation of who you are. We come out with greater ability to access your provision for our life. And I declare, we declare that over every single thing we face this year, thank you, Father, there is an opportunity for us to grow in Christ Jesus. Thank you that as resistance comes, we can actually be, we can take delight in your grace and we know that Jesus will be revealed within us. Thank you, Lord, that your ability has been placed within us. And like Jesus, when you're praying for Peter and you knew he would go through that adversity, that's your sovereignty, is that you see ahead. You know what we'll go through. But Jesus, as you prayed for Peter and you said, don't let his faith fail him. His faith, your faith will not fail you, Peter. And you pray over us today. Over every single person, you are interceding for them. You are interceding for them. That's what it says in your word. And we believe that today. You are interceding on people's behalf. And your prayer is that his faith, your, your faith will not fail you. God is praying for you right now. He's speaking words of life over you. He's speaking perseverance into your life. That your faith will not fail you that you'll remain in that place of faith. And there's people right now, and you're dealing with challenges, you're dealing with, uh, with, with struggles, whatever area of your life it may be in, and God is saying to you, remain in that place of faith today. Remain in faith. Keep believing. Keep persevering. Whether it's for a week, whether it's for a couple of months, whether it's for a year, it doesn't matter. Remain in that faith of place. Remain in faith, he says, because he knows that when you do that, you overcome. You're an overcomer. He, it, it releases the power of God within your life. A little bit of resistance should bring Christ out within you. And so we thank you, Father.
We thank you, Lord, that you have faith in our ability. And I declare over every single person right now, if that was you where you're facing great adversity today, that God has great faith in you that you will overcome it. He is for you. He is with you. He didn't bring it along. It's from the enemy. And He's placed the ability within you. He will work with you on your behalf to overcome it. So come to Him in prayer. Let there be an exchange. Let Him change your perspective on what you're facing this year. Let Him change. Uh, let Him give you wisdom, His ability to overcome it. We thank you for that, Jesus. You're good. You're such a good Father. And it's your delight to see us persevere, to see us face adversity and overcome. And so we receive that today. We receive your ability. We receive your ability, Holy Spirit. Stir it up within us. Stir it up. Stir up our faith. Those who, those who, are, who are struggling, He's stirring up your faith right now. Let Him stir it up, the passion and the fire within you, that, that holy anger against the, the, the work of the enemy that you're facing right now. He wants to stir up that passion to overcome. So we thank you, Lord, for a renewed perspective, a renewed perspective that as we're accessing, as we're occupying our land, we thank you, Father, you give us wisdom that we can think like you.